You're at the right place at the right time. You found the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears. It's super califragilistic, I hope you enjoy the show. If you're like me, you're going to laugh a lot. We invite you to pull up a chair. Be Relax and get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So, grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears. Here we go. Because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem. Happy Monday, everybody. We finally reached it. We made it. The episode that everyone's been waiting for for the past three years, ever since we started the Mousecapades podcast, when Dave was one of the original hosts, we were supposed to have Joey on to talk about Pixar. We're going back. Like, I'm talking all the way back from 2015. Oh, yeah. We're going back, and we're finally going to do the Pixar Theory. It finally, we finally got around to it. We are going to discuss the Pixar Theory, but first, I want to let you guys know that this episode and all of our episodes are brought to you by WaltExpress.com. Go ahead and check out our friends, WaltExpress.com. To become a Disney expert, sign up for their deals, tips, info, and all things Disney. Check them out, WaltExpress.com. Joe, good to see you, man. Uh, it's taken you three years to get here. Uh, it took three years to take the notes. Right, so yeah, it took him three years to take notes on it. What do you mean? I wasn't just taking notes five minutes. So ago. I think when you were originally supposed to come on, you were a freshman in high school. Yeah, I was a freshman, or just getting out of, and now you're a senior I'm a this senior, year. You're about to graduate in a couple months. Yeah, so that tells you how long you've been slacking. I'm really good at procrastinating. Okay, I'm gonna minor in that. Knowing me, I probably lost the schedule anyway, and I just didn't pencil you in. <laughs> After that. But you're you're back, and we're going to talk about the Pixar theory, which is a very interesting topic, something I've always wanted to devote a lot of information to, or a lot of time to, but I just haven't. I've watched a couple videos, but I don't think I've read a lot of enough stuff like you have. But you're going to go ahead and take us through the Pixar theory. First off, why don't you tell our listeners, what is the Pixar theory? Okay, so the Pixar theory is a belief that a man named John Negroni came up with back in 2012, and it was the thought that all Pixar movies are created on one giant universe, on one giant storyline and at the time it was starting with Brave ending with Monsters Incorporated there's been more movies along the way going in before Brave like The Good Dinosaur and other things incorporated into this but overall the theory has stayed the same so not necessarily in the order of the Disney Pixar films but much rather the time and setting of the Pixar films so the Pixar theory starts with Brave because it's the oldest cartoon as far as the setting goes yes other than The Good Dinosaur The Good Dinosaur is the oldest but originally it was Brave before, because this all started before Good Dinosaur had been released. So with the Pixar theory, the Good Dinosaur has not as much important information to the Pixar theory in the beginning. It's more important to look at it after we've gone through the main original theory and then go back to newer films added on. So I'm going to start with Brave for today. These are actually your notes. These are my notes. So before we get into the theory, we need I need to get a spoiler warning out of the way. If you have been living under a rock and you have not seen the Pixar movies, Brave, Ratatouille, Up, 
Finding Nemo. The Incredibles, Toy Story 1, 2, and 3, then you need to stop listening right now so you can go watch them. So we're going to start off with Brave. And in Brave, we see the main character, Merida. Mer she doesn't like the fate that she's been given because she doesn't want to be married off to one of three people because she doesn't think that any of these three are right. And she is royalty. Yes. And tradition states that she should have to marry one of three men from the other clans. But she's royalty and has everything she would ever need. She just doesn't like being forced to be married to three dudes. She's a feminist. Well, one of three Before dudes. her time. Got it. Yes. So she wants to change her fate. You said she goes to a witch doctor. She goes to a witch. She's led there by wisps or will-o'-wisps out in the woods, which are legendary creatures in Scotland. They're not as important to the theory, but the witch is extremely important and is actually the entire central idea that makes this theory possible. In this, we can see why in a lot of Disney and Pixar movies, animals have human-like traits. They act more like humans than normal animals in real life do. And this could be due to things like this where they're turned from humans into animals. And we know that it's not just this one case. While the mother being turned into a bear, yes, that is temporary, but there was another case of another man being turned into a bear, which was very permanent. And later in the movie, they found that bear many years later, and it was a very permanent transformation. You lost me. Why are we talking about characteristics of humans turning into animals? Okay, so in the Pixar theory, one of the big parts of it is the relationship between three things. Artificial intelligence, humans, and animals. That the relationships between these three things are very important. And so this is like an establishment for the relation between animals and humans. Okay. And so this can show why certain relations are the way they are between humans and animals. This is the beginning of why animals act like more like humans in this universe than in ours. Okay, I'm following. Go ahead. This would explain why over time there are animals that have more human-like qualities and have higher intelligences, such as Remy from Ratatouille, Nemo from Finding Nemo, or Doug from Up. So we can so we can see this moving into the next movie in the timeline, Ratatouille. So we're moving from the 10th century into more close to modern. So in which, let me stop you here real quick, keep that thought. In all the movies, when the animals interact with humans, though, the humans don't know that they are talking. I think only in Ratatouille, that it comes to mind right now, that do the humans think that these inanimate objects like like toys or animate objects like like animals are actually talking, right? Um, no, because in Ratatouille, they don't even talk. It's just the communication between them. The biggest human characteristic between animals and this is cooking specifically. No animals cook other than humans. It's a very specific trait to humans because we're not really meat eaters. Our bodies can't handle meat, so we cooked it so that we could kind of do it, but even if you cook it, babies can't handle meat because we're not made to handle it. Cooking is a very specific trait to humans. So we can see that these human-like qualities that have been given to animals by a witch or whatever it may be, these same powers, transforming humans into animals, causing them to have higher intelligences and human qualities. Okay, so all the way back in Brave, yeah. which sets off, that's the very beginnings, right? So yes. that's creation, the Big Bang for the Pixar universe. At this point, yes. The witch yes. gives power to the animals to be human-like. She turns a human into an animal, meaning that it's an animal, yet it's still more human-like than most animals would be. Okay, I, now I'm making the connection. So you're thinking that this witch goes on to turn a lot of humans into yes. animals. So that is why in all the other cartoons or Pixar films, yes. these animals Have act human -like, like humans and the yes. reason why yes. they interact the way they do. Yes. Okay, sorry, I'm a little slow. <laughs> Maybe I want an IEP. I don't know, but I'm there. I'm tracking now. Right. So, <laughs> this information with animals becoming more like more intelligent and having human-like qualities, it remains a secret for a significant amount of time. But by the end of Ratatouille, the food critic, Anton Ego, and even the villain, uh, Chef Skinner, knows about 
about this intelligence and word's gonna get out eventually that there's this rat that's cooking or there's animals are getting yeah, smart. Yeah, they shut down the restaurant. Yeah, so they can say there are rats in there, but getting, convincing someone that rats are cooking, that's, even if you have multiple people saying it, if I came up to you and convinced you that I had made you a meal and then afterwards you said it was the best thing you'd ever eaten and then I told you, oh, rats made it, it even if I had three people So let's you, talk about Ratatouille's rat pack, yeah. his family. So the witch, in essence, turned all of those individuals, his family, into rats? I would say... Back in the day? I would say that... And time warped turned, them somewhere? This witch had turned two people, at least, into animals at one point. And, and we know... these if they if these two animals that were at once humans had had, had multiplied, then, they, then their children would still have that same high intelligence. And inside this witch's home, don't we see objects from other Pixar we cartoons? Do. We see this witch was uh, carving a pizza planet truck, and it's sitting on her table. So, so is you, this witch a time traveler? Maybe. There are animals that still have human characteristics. I guess you'll have to find out. Okay. <laughs> so, moving from Ratatouille, we can see that all these animals, this information is going to become public, because even if Antonigo wants to help the mountain keep it a secret, Chef Skinner has just lost his job and all his money and everything. Oh, okay, so let's move it along. So, We're he's going about... to spread this information along. And of all people that's interested in animals, and specifically special animals that not many people have heard about, he would hear about it and be more interested than Charles Muntz from Up. Okay, I'm following. You got so my now, interest. So now we're moving into Up. Charles Muntz is realizing that animals are getting smarter, and he's designed these collars so that dogs can talk because he knows that they are reaching an intelligence level that they can talk to us. We just can't understand them. And so he developed that so he knew what they were thinking at all times. Like, people want to be mind readers, only he wants to read the minds of animals. So he just has it so that the dogs can talk through those collars using this higher intelligence they have. So he he realizes animals have intelligence. He doesn't know about the doctor or no, the witch he know right about, now. He doesn't okay. know about the witch. And so after developing all this technology and putting all these collars on these dogs, he then dies at the end of the movie. So this is special technology only in South America. Don't we assume he dies? Okay, we assume he dies. He ha- he does not have control over his giant pack of dogs anymore. We know that because we see them all at Russell's pinning ceremony at the end of the movie. So we know even if he doesn't die, he still lost all those dogs and all the collars. So now they're up in North America in like suburban areas. Or did he lose all the collars? He lost some of them. This is not a soap opera. This is Disney. Uh, the, the, the main point is that he lost, if he'd lost one and, the, and it had gotten out anywhere and the technology has get, gotten to someone else, that's enough for this to be. Okay, so the technology is out there. Technology is no longer private. This is out to multiple people. And since it's out to multiple people, they now can develop off of this further bettering AI in the Pixar theory. Before we go into the next movie, I'm just going to give a side note. The company that tears up the suburban area that the house is in and up is known as by and large. This is the same company that took over the entire planet in Wally. They ran really? the Axiom. Yes. Do they have the advertisements on the trucks and yes. stuff? Or they do? There's in the background, there's by and large stamps on everything. And also you can see in Toy Story 3 when they switch Buzz to demo mode, the AA batteries powering Buzz Lightyear right, are right. by and large batteries. So those are the same batteries. Okay. So moving on into Finding Nemo, which is the next movie, we see that this father fish manages to travel across the ocean to save his son from human now, I don't know about you, but without any technology, I couldn't find one person across the entire world, especially the ocean, which is even bigger than the landmass we have on this planet. So the fact that he found his son in the ocean without anything, really, is significantly like significantly more intelligent than most animals. And that's about all that there is for Finding Nemo specifically. Now, there is a good amount of proof that this exists, this connection exists in Finding Dory. Right now, we're going to get back to that because that was not originally part of the Pixar theory when it was formed. So now we're going to move ahead to the next movie in an alternate era of the 1940s of 1950s and 1960s 
my favorite movie of all time, The Incredibles. This is the first chronological movie where we're introduced to humans evolving for the better instead of animals becoming smarter because they were humans. We can see that however these supers get their powers, they're evolving. Whether it be given to them naturally through a witch or through government powers, we, we don't know, but what we do know is the government knows about them and humans are evolving instead of animals in this movie. And that is a significant thing to note. Now, the villain in this creates an artificial intelligence powered robot made to kill superheroes, specifically Mr. Incredibles, and this is called the Omnidroid. Mr. Incredibles then brought in by Syndrome as a trap to have the robot kill him, and he inferred that the robot was not taking orders because it got smart enough to wonder why it had to, when in reality, Syndrome was controlling this to kill him, but we know in the end when Syndrome dies, the Omnidroid turned on Syndrome, trying to get the remote. So this does end up happening, it just ends up happening later on than he had said. So, after this whole movie is ended, Syndrome dies, the Omnidroid are gone, but the AI still exists for this Omnidroid. So, while its job would have been to destroy everything, not all AI this powerful would necessarily want to destroy everything. So this leads into the final movie of the episode for the Pixar Theory today, would be Toy Story 1, 2, and 3. We move 40 to 50 years into the future, giving by and large plenty of time to develop. Toys aren't animals, humans, or AI. So how are the toys involved in the Pixar theory? Syndrome's zero-point energy gauntlet is a convenient answer to this question. Zero-point energy is defined as an electromagnetic energy that exists in a vacuum. This unseen energy we see in wavelengths, and would be a reasonable explanation as to how the toys draw power. Throughout the three movies, we can see examples of the toys starting to hate different humans, in the same way that the Omnidroid turned on Syndrome. In Toy Story, the toys all hate Sid. Albeit they are being killed by him, they still turn against Sid. In Toy Story 2, Jesse begins to hate Emily because she abandoned her. In Toy Story 3, Lotso Huggin' Bear hates all humans. I love Lotso. Well, Lotso doesn't love you because you're a human. Oh, he loves me. No, he doesn't love you. Oh, no, I know he does. He'll hug you. My kid tells me he'll every night that Lotso loves me. Your kid thinks and that he's telling you the truth. And we have to smell his... Tummy, because it smells like strawberries. Lotso only loves children. And he hugs me. Make this sure you get rid true. of him once Colin grows up, because he'll try to kill all of them. He loves Colin. He's a hugging bear. Hugging becomes strangling. <laughs> This has become awkward. Yes. Come on. That was the point. Well, you were going super fast, and I want to back up and talk about... So, in Toy Story, the toys hate Sid. I'll give you and uh, Lee kudos for saying that Sid's not a bad boy. Sid's not a bad only kid. Only to toys, because... Sid, mo- Sid's mom's a bad mom. Sid's not a bad kid. What? Sid's mom is a bad mom. Well, who? what mom buys their kid that age that kind of firework? They don't know. They so don't know here's the thing. Did your mom know all the shenanigans you were up to when you were a kid? No. Does she no, still know? Same, no. But at the same My time... My parents didn't know all the shenanigans. I was up to do I want up, to but at the same time, I had fireworks you, all how out do you the evening, dude. I had fireworks. I had whisker dudes, whisker donuts. With or without the scooter stick. Did you order them? Fireworks? You ordered no, them? I would save them throughout the year. No, he ordered them. He got it shipped in. His mom seemed to know that it was there. He used the internets. Got it. So then you're telling me in Toy Story 2, which we totally can relate to, you think Jesse hates Emily or she's hurt by Emily? I think Jesse at one point had loved Emily and has now grown to hate her because she's had to live in a box for all these years just because Emily abandoned her after all those years. And that love had turned into hate because of what she did. And lots of hug and bear... I think it'd be clear to say he hates essentially all humans that are not small children because he knows that they're most likely going to abandon him at one point or another. So he's just grown to hate them as soon as he can to get over that. So we can see that this AI is starting to turn to be like hatred towards humans. It's it's conflict between humans and AI again. And since the AI is becoming less satisfied with the way humans are treating them, you'd think, well, eventually there's going to be an uprising. Like there's always an uprising in all these movies whenever there's any conflict of someone feeling unsatisfied. But there never is. 
And it's hinted in the Toy Story movies that toys that are abandoned and forgotten for long enough eventually don't come to life. Because you can see there are some toys in Toy Story that don't come to life. And they're the kind of toys that even small kids just kind of disregard. Is the witch turning people into toys as well? Just like she was turning people, humans, into animals? So no, this is actually very interesting in this case. They start to not come alive. It's almost hinting as if the human's love and of care is what gives AI its power. So I, I mean, I can totally legit understand like the energy behind the humans and what gives them life. The witch turning a human into an animal completely can agree to say, yeah, I believe in that storyline. But so you're saying the, the love alone, the spirit of, of loving uh, a toy brings that toy to life. In this universe, yes. Okay. Only toys. So what if a teenager loves their car? Will the car, like in cars, then come to life? You're ruining his theory. Uh oh. <laughs> how do you think cars? How do you think cars came about? I, I don't know. I mean, that's not how. But I mean, was it because the owner loved their car so much that the car came to life? I guess you're gonna have to wait until the next episode. I.e., he has to research it before he comes back on. Pixar. No, I know the answer. I just I don't want to go in without yeah. notes. He does know all the answers because he will just spew this stuff to me randomly. You just came. You just all right, came so I just me surprised that Sid was the garbage boy in Toy Story Three. All right, Lee sent me a picture. I didn't know that Sid was the garbage dude in Toy Story 3. I did not realize that. Did you really not? I didn't know that. You didn't tell me that. I pointed that out in 2010. Are they just wearing the same shirt or are they? Or is I he really the garbage guy? I think guy? they wanted you to Because he makes more money than I do as a teacher right now and <laughs> You know what? His life didn't turn out all that bad. I would love to be maybe a garbage guy. Up, maybe you should have blown up more toys. No, like, for real. Like, dude, you have no one breathing down your neck. You can listen to the radio all day long, right? Stop at a gas station and get your favorite caffeine, caffeinated soda. And, like, no one bothers you. All you gotta do is drive your route, pick up the and garbage. And Sid still gets to be sick. And you see, like, Cousin Eddie, if you see a chair on the side of the road that's being thrown away, you can take that home. But and, he's still, and you get paid more than a teacher. He's still tormenting toys as an adult by strapping him to the front of the to- that's trash not, truck. That's not Sid. That's the other one. Don't we all do that? We did it when we were overseas on our Humvees and stuff. You hooked I toys think, to the front oh, of the yeah. only one. I mean, I'm out of notes. So all right. I think, I think that's about it for today. Listeners, thanks again for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between ears. Save for next time, Joe. If, if you, you know any more Pixar information, feel free to text in. We can ask Joey questions for 407-674-0414. We love you, Joey. You know that. If you have a question, comment, want to be the next guest on the show, go ahead and email us, mousepagepodcast at gmail.com. And also, if you want to book your next Disney vacation through us, go ahead and email us as well. Travel at mousecapadespodcast.net. As always, this episode was brought to you by waltexpress.com. Go ahead and check them out for all of your latest Disney deals, tips, and info, and all things Disney. You, yes, you can become a Disney expert. Go ahead and check them out. waltexpress.com. I think it's about that time, Vicky. Peace. And love. No kids. <laughs> That's a good one. Pixar, get it? <laughs> Alright. Have, Have a magical, magical day, day my friends. friends. You've been listening to the all-new Mousecapades podcast. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. And have a magical day.